Welcome to episode two of Retrospection. I'm in New York and my name's Colin and I'm with my friend Paul. Hello. And where are you located? Oh, sorry. Um, I'm, in... <laughs> uh, I'm in Reading in England. And together we'll be taking a look at film and TV shows from the past and seeing if they are better back then or whether it's that naughty nostalgia that's playing tricks with us. And I presume that we'll be doing this slightly more professionally than we did this opening. Uh, no, this is as good as it's going to get. This is going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> no. Right, do you want to do it again or do you want me to just do it No, time? no, no, continue, it's fine. Okay, but before we go into our chosen film, or could it be a TV show? Any retro finds for this week? Uh, yes, it's funny you should ask. I've been shoring up my um, annuals collection again this week. Oh, really? Yes. 40, 44 and 45? That's indeed, yes. Um, as I said, I've surpassed my age now, which is good. Yep. I was waiting for an age comment, but it didn't come. So it's on no, I, thought I'd le- I thought I'd leave you with an uncomfortable silence. <laughs> well, it worked. Just uh, to think about the age yourself. <laughs> well... I'm pretty sure that you're the same age as me, so... Only physically. Ah, yeah, of course. So, so yeah, I, I got um, I got two, actually, this week. I got um, Battlestar Galactica Annual from 1978. Good condition, um, comic strips inside. And I actually remember this one. I had this as a kid. That's nice. Mm-hmm. And the other one, which is a bit of a strange one, was a TJ Hooker annual from 1982. See, these annuals are aimed at kids, right? I would imagine so, yeah. Was TJ Hooker aimed at children? Um, It wasn't something that I remember watching in 1982. I might have been a little bit too young. I think I watched it as the series went on. So, yeah, I did watch it as a kid, but to, to make an annual with comic strips, I mean, it's not that kind of a... It's not the A team. Right, right, yeah. So it's kind of yeah, a weird one. But yeah, I I don't know if I had it when I was a kid. I have trouble remembering which ones I did have and which ones I didn't. Knight Rider? Um, did you have that one? Knight, I don't think I had Knight Rider. I think most of mine were based around comic books, so they would have been Battle or Battle Action Force and, you know, Wiz- Wizard and Chips and things like that. Ah, good old, good old Beano, that kind of thing. Those ones, yeah. I think I got a Beano yeah. annual every Christmas. Nice. As a kid. Oh, as a kid. Oh, wow. Well. <laughs> they don't do them anymore, do they? <laughs> I don't know. I think Beano is... One of them's gone online only. I don't know if it's Dandy or Beano. That's a shame, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, a lot of kids missing out on the kind of... That t- kind of tactile experience that we had. Of parents caning kids, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been beaten on the bottom with a... A Beano annual? I don't know about you. And it's a point that you sorely depressed you for most of your life. <laughs> I, I need to remedy that. <laughs> Talking of Battlestar Galactica, I picked up... Um, I don't know if it's the first novel. I guess it is the original novel in paperback, written by Glenn A. Larson and Robert Thurston. <laughs> and it says on the front, The greatest space epic ever. Star Wars. <laughs> I think it's the great, the greatest space epic ever created by Glenn A. Larson. That's kind of how they do it. They actually say the greatest space epic ever dash from ABC TV and Universal. <laughs> were, were there many more? I don't think there were. No, no. So it's a small pool that they're picking from. It, it looks pretty good, actually. The text is really small. Well, I mean that that if it's based on the the opening three episodes, which is it the saga of Star World? Doesn't say. It just says from the Adama journals inside. Ooh, that's clever. Yeah, that's all it says. Did he keep a journal? Well, let's hope he did. It'll be a short book. <laughs> I, I just I kind of remember him kind of leaving doing a. Um, Got sort of captain's log every week. Right, maybe. I'll let you know when I read it. It's got a great cover. Really traditional, um, you know, 1970s cover. It's really good. Ah, they're the best ones. They are indeed. So anything else before we leap into our chosen topic? 
No, that's it. That's it. That's all. I, that's all I've got this week. Okay, so <laughs> let's go ahead. I've chosen film for this episode is Blue Thunder. Um, Blue Thunder was released in 1983. It's directed by John Badam. Stars Roy Schneider as Frank Murphy, an LAPD helicopter pilot and Vietnam vet with PTSD. Explain what that is. Post-traumatic stress disorder. I'm not sure they used it in 1983, but that's what uh, it so would be it's, now. It's, so it's not it's not penile tension disruption or... <laughs> it could be. <laughs> maybe I've been misunderstanding the whole... Maybe that's the subplot and I just didn't get it. Hey, it puts a whole new spin on the plot later. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. Maybe that's what he's timing. It's timing how long you can keep it up. <laughs> that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> okay. Uh, it also stars uh, Daniel Stern as Richard Lyman Good, which is Frank Murphy's partner. Warren Oates, in one of his last films, plays the chief. And Malcolm McDowell, the Kirk killer, as Colonel F.E. Cochran. And, and it's a great role. <laughs> he doesn't really have much to do, does he? Well, we could talk about that as well, about the reason why he probably didn't want to do, have too much to do. Ah, interesting. Um, so I'll give you the synopsis. So Murphy and his partner are chosen to test fly a new military-style helicopter while using the helicopter's surveillance equipment to eavesdrop on a meeting between Colonel Cochrane, the helicopter project's primary test pilot, and government officials. Murphy discovers a conspiracy to use the helicopter in a military role to crush disorder and that a secret group is eliminating, eliminating, eliminating political, <laughs> get, getting rid of political yeah, adversaries yeah. in order to reach their goals. Well, there you go. Yeah. I watched Blue Thunder when I was a kid, I think, but I don't actually remember when I saw it. I think it was on videotape. Yeah. Because I remember it had a bit, the big black plastic shell of videotape. That's right. I think that's the same, exact same one that I remember as well. But I, I, I couldn't nail down specifically when it was that I watched it, but I, I know I watched it as a kid. Was, was this a favourite of yours when, when you were growing up? Yeah, I loved it. Why was that? I guess it's the tech side of it and the fascism. No, it's just, <laughs> just the tech. <laughs> well, speak, speaking of the tech, the, there's an interesting little piece of information that they flash upon the screen before the movie starts, isn't there? Yeah, the hardware, weaponry and surveillance systems depicted in this film are real and in use in the United States today. Yeah. Which I, yeah. I don't think it was in 1983, but it probably is now. Yeah, but, but I, I, think, I think they're asking a lot to say that it was in use in 1983. I mean, this... this not, not, that, not that the actual Blue Thunder helicopter is, is, when you see it, it's not that impressive, really. But oh, What do you mean? It's beautiful. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> are, you, are you comparing it to something like Erwolf? Well, Erwolf... Well, that, that is the other, the other side of it, isn't it? I mean, um, Erwolf was clearly... I think Blue Thunder came first. Yes, it did. So Erwolf was was a complete ripoff of, of Blue Thunder. Absolutely. But I always thought that Erwolf looked a lot sleeker and a lot more futuristic than what Blue but Thunder. But Blue Thunder's more realistic. Ah, you say that, but as we as we will move forward into this film, realistic looking is what I mean. If you say so. Yeah. So we're introduced early to Roy Schneider. Uh, I should call him Frank Murphy, really with his whole watch business which runs throughout the film. It never really work out. It doesn't really never it never really explains what that's all about. I mean he he gives an explanation to someone in the movie. But is that explanation true or is he because it's never really clearly defined. I mean he says doesn't he that he's checking to make sure that they say that is it if you can time yourself without actually looking at your watch, you, you know that you're still sane or something like that? Yeah, is that if you, the first thing to go when you go insane is your sense of time. So if you've still got your sense of time, you're still okay. That's right. But then he seems to use it later in the movie for other reasons. Um, for, yeah. Well, the first time you see it, it, it looks to me like he's just looking at his watch anyway. Mm. That's why I never understood it when I was younger. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, he's just looking at his watch and stopping it when it gets to the last second. Like, anyone could do that. And for someone... But he does look cool. Yeah, well, for someone... If he, if he is clearly having these issues, he, he kind of breezes through everything in this film quite, quite laid back and happily, doesn't he? I mean, he's not... Well, he has his flashbacks. Yeah, at the, at the most inopportune moments as well. 
<laughs> we established early on that he is on the edge, that he's already had one like freak out in the air, and that his partner won't fly with him anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine there's good reason for that, looking at what happens later on in the movie. Right. In fact, there's that great line that that guy uses. He says, I wouldn't fly with him for a bull that pissed Jack Daniels. Pissed Jack Daniels, yeah. Which I had to have subtitles on because I've never understood what it said. I always thought the guy said, I wouldn't fly with him for a bull. A, a bull? A bull? Pissed, yeah, a bull. And I can never understand why a bull would be pissing Jack Daniels. <laughs> Oh, why that would be a great thing. That would be a horrible thing. Here, have this ball. Ah! Just pissing Jack Daniels everywhere. But a ball that pissed Jack Daniels, that's a good thing. I, I wonder how many, to- how many variations of that line they used before they settled on a bowl of a pissed bowl. Jack Daniels. You know, whether there were other versions of that. A bowl. You got me saying ball. I know. Right? See, he's catching. <laughs> yeah. Balls are catching. Everyone will be doing it. Yeah. So we established that he's on the edge. They take off in their helicopter. One thing I like about the flying sequences in this film is it doesn't look like green screen a lot of the time. Most of the time, it looks pretty good. Are you talking about the cockpit? Yeah, when they're in the sure. cockpit and you can see the outside. It looks pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't agree? I thought it looked quite fake, actually. Really? It, it clearly, to me, looked like they're sitting in a, you know, in a in a cockpit on a gimbal and the, the, the back projection didn't it didn't look great. I thought it looked I didn't I think. thought it looked good. With the reflections on the inside. Or... Be honest, were you wearing your glasses? You <laughs> <laughs> I was watching on my iPad from seventeen feet away. Look looked beautiful. <laughs> this this movie looks great. It's it looks like a documentary, it's so real. Yeah. Alright, so we disagree on that. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be more <laughs> <laughs> they, they they seem to they seem to um they seem to spend most of the time peeking in people's windows well yeah what i mean which is the, a great scene it's the one that i remember went from when i was a kid yeah i wonder why <laughs> where they're hovering outside the naked woman doing yoga why, why is she doing that why would you do that why not is the question you should be asking why aren't we all doing that that's I certainly wouldn't be peeking in your window. I should not want you peeking through my window. Well, this is the thing. Do, it, it, it's kind of implied that she knows that they're there and she's doing it, but she never really looks at them. Right, right. But is, this isn't the first instance of them um, peeking in at people's windows that, that happens in this film. They do it a few times. Right, but this is the first occurrence in the film, but it, they also indicate that it's kind of an initiation and the other pilots have done it and it's something they all do at some point mm-hmm. mm. yeah. so then they uh, they get a call so then a woman, get, a, a woman gets attacked yes then, doesn't uh, she? Commissioner McNeely she gets uh, mm-hmm. mugged and they fly over to give support and we see um, doing the dusting that they call it with a, rising up the dust with the rotor blades that's right yeah I, I, I like this bit I like this sequence I thought that was quite uh, finally that was quite real yeah no 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 there was a bit of realism in there it was uh, it was acceptable right good good glad and then Commissioner McNeely gets shot and they're called back to headquarters where they get a I don't know a told off a bollocking yeah, by the boss yeah. which seems really out of proportion for what they did yeah I mean they basically tried to help I mean they didn't but they they didn't let these people get away did right. they I mean they actually they had, were there they, in time they got two out of yeah they got two out of the three of the the um, the bad guys and he's going like oh you know for flying and hovering and looking we're going to get all these complaints blah 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 but if everyone does it all the time why is it such a big deal now well, no, none of the other instances have been in the Blue Thunder movie. <laughs> when did you get so cynical? <laughs> I don't know, it kind of happened after this movie. <laughs> oh, good. It should be useful when you watch your next Marvel film. So. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, 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 don't start, because I've got some got a bone to pick with you about this movie and Marvel movies, but we'll get okay. to that. So the chief then says, like, They'll burn you, me, your little friend here, and the whole goddamn division, and you're grounded. Again, way over the top for the situation. Oh, yeah, completely. Completely. Yeah. And then he gets in his car and, and does a strange um, driving in and out of cones routine. Yeah, right. But before that, you get this great line, if you're walking on eggs, don't hop. 
That's right. I'm going to use that now. What, all the time? Every day. I'll, I'll look forward to that. Good. Yeah. When you first use it, you'll have to let me know how it goes. Well, you'll be the first. Lucky me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he does his driving through cones thing, which, I don't know, is that part of his testing himself? Well, this is what I don't understand, because here he uses his watch thing again, doesn't he? Right. But it's, it's timing it, timing the speed and the in and out of the cones and the speed time. Yeah, but, but, then, but then that contradicts what he said he was using it for in the previous scene. No, he's still testing his time, how fast he can do it, and make sure he can do it in 60 seconds, and that he's still aware of time. But why is he... Why, why, why does it matter whether he can time it in his own head compared to the, the watch? I don't get it. No, he's timing himself, and he knows that he can do it in 60 seconds. So when he's done it, he looks at his watch, and it's still 60 seconds. He knows he's still keeping time. But I thought the whole point of it was that he was trying to make sure that he hadn't gone over the edge. Yeah, that he was still aware of time. Okay. <laughs> You're not buying this. <laughs> not really, no. <laughs> I mean, it's very, what you're saying is very good. Is it? <laughs> I think I think it's I think it's a bunch of bullshit. But there you go. <laughs> you just it's, it's so shallow. You need to go deeper with this film. Really, we we're gonna go deep in this <laughs> film, okay? <laughs> so so then he go he goes home and meets his uh, his is she his girlfriend? Is she his ex girlfriend? Have they broken up? It's never really kind of it's all a bit vague, isn't it? Yeah, they don't even tell you who the kid belongs to. True, yeah. And she's very annoying. She is, and I assume the kid's not his. And he also appears to live in Rockford Files trailer. <laughs> it does look a bit like that, yeah. yeah. And he's, <laughs> apparently he's very paranoid. He seems to be, yeah. But he's also got a heart because he, he bought her a, a present. That he forgot to give to her. Yeah. I mean, what is it? Is it... Oh, did he? Did he, did he forget? Well, we don't know because he's on the edge, apparently. Yeah, well, not just that. He could have bought it for her but not giving it to her because it means something more. Well, speaking of the present itself, what, what, what is it? <laughs> it's a, a giant doily. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tablecloth, isn't it? Is it? I thought it was a, like a, a piece of neck curtain or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Get one piece of neck curtain, you'll get the rest each year. <laughs> Unless she's only got one window in her whole house. Maybe it's for his window. He's, he's got a, a piece of neck curtain. He goes, well, while you're here, could you put it up for me? <laughs> Or, or maybe it was his, and she's like, where are your neck curtains gone? <laughs> He's like, oh, never mind. <laughs> At first I thought it was a wedding dress. Yeah, that would have been weird, wouldn't it? Considering that they were just talking about how the, the, they're almost done. And she, she, she gives right. him back his key, doesn't she? Kind of, yeah. Doesn't she throw it? Yeah. So they're at the end of a relationship in some way. But we don't know... Mm certain points of the relationship well i mean it's not like there's nothing else in this movie that's a bit vague is it no it's all it's all well scripted and fits like a jigsaw puzzle (laughs) (laughs) so then we get the news report that um the commissioner's died right and he goes to the place of the mugging to look around because he's suspicious he is suspicious and wouldn't you think that the if the the murder of a commissioner would be quite a big thing that there'd be there wouldn't just be police tape around the place. There'd actually be, still be police there, kind of like keeping an eye on the place. Yeah, that's true. Because it's, it's the same night or it's the next night. It's hard to say. Mm, again, a bit vague. Yeah, the, the night and day is a little off on this mm-hmm. film. And he finds a, a piece of discarded documentation, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the police managed to miss in a bush. Mm. I, don't know how, I don't know why he thinks it's going to be useful. But he takes it. Well, you know, we've seen how he lives. He's probably short on toilet paper. Yep, possibly, possibly. Although you would think there was soft, softer stuff around. So he then finds... Like out, the doily that he's given him. Perfect. Maybe that's why he didn't give it to her. Maybe that's why he kept it in a box. Emergency supply. <laughs> that's why... What's this stain? What's this stain on the bottom of it? <laughs> oh, uh... That was his pained expression. He's like, now nah, I've got to go buy some. <laughs> well, if you're wiping your ass on, on uh, doily... It's got holes then, in it and everything. Exactly. It's no wonder he's paranoid. Yeah. He's on the edge. Literally. Maybe somebody thinks somebody's cutting his toilet paper. Possibly. Yeah. So then he gets a call to tell him that he has got it, been put on a special detail with a new helicopter. Now, this is a man who is under psych evaluation. 
<laughs> has just been grounded and is now given a new special program in charge of a $5 million helicopter. Exactly. And it comes out of the blue. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's been no lead up to this in, in the movie so far. And then these people turn up and say, oh, we've got this helicopter that we'd like to test fly for us. Well, that's, yeah, but that's how films work, right? This is the special event that occurs in his life that the film starts with. But, but it would have been nice for there to have been some kind of reason for why they pick him. Well, I mean, I was no, 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 for, you can't have waiting, that. Was... You can't have that because there's no logical reason for choosing him as a pilot. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that'd be that'd be terrible. But I was kind of waiting for later in the movie for there to be some revelation that they picked him because they because they knew that he was troubled. Yeah, that's what I and thought. They, the big, you know? yeah. Yeah, but but no, 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 there's, no, no there's no reason. There's literally no reason for no it. Reason. They're just going through files, going, well, this guy, he's got an unblemished record. He's a perfect pilot. Um, let's not choose him. Let's choose this guy, this this loon. Let's just pick him. <laughs> he'll he'll work well. Um, so they pick him up and they take him to a test site. Now, does nobody sleep in this film? Apparently not. No, because it's another night, and it, they drive out at night together in the morning. So no one, no mm. one, Frank Murphy has not slept. So here's a guy under psych evaluation. He's just been grounded and apparently he hasn't slept for two days. Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's, he's completely wide awake when he gets there. I mean, there's, he's not, there's, he, he doesn't look tired. He doesn't look, you know, like some guy who's been driving all night. No, no, he looks fine. So shall, we, shall we get to the actual testing? Yeah. Cause this, this is... This is great. Go on. Why? Why? Great as in sarcastic by any chance, or great as in truly magnificent? Well, this is supposed to be. They reel off all these things that this this new helicopter can do, where it can it can, you know. They, they, well, set the scene for me. It's a street, isn't it, with lots of cardboard cutouts yeah, of people. Yeah, and uh, fake vehicles and buses, and uh, there are. Kerber cut out some people in white who are civilians and then ones that are in red that are terrorists and the helicopter is supposed to just shoot down the ones in red. Well, from the looks of it, doesn't it just kill everyone? Yeah, but that's that's <laughs> why Frank Murphy's laughing because he, he just he just like looking at it as if it's a big joke because the, the helicopter's just strafing everything. I mean, apparently they blame the gun as well, but, but that's the point but, is but that there's no but, like... It can't, like when the bus comes out and it's supposed to just pick the targets, the terrorists, it just eliminates everybody in the bus. That's kind of the joke behind it. It, it, seems, it seems to work a lot better once he's flying it later in the movie, though. Well, that's why they chose him. Now there's your answer. <laughs> is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, you just, you just okay. solved your own plot flaw. There you go. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, see? <laughs> Thought you were so clever, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So the pilot in the test flight is um, Evil Malcolm McDowell. Evil Malcolm McDowell, who uh, used to know Frank Murphy in Vietnam, and they hate each other, but it's not made clear at this point why. No, it's not, no. no. I'm, I'm, I'm very sketchy and hazy about my history of Vietnam, but um, would there have been an English guy working for the American army in Vietnam at um... that point? We weren't. Well, I don't think we weren't involved in Vietnam, so I don't think we. I don't think we were. But, were we? You know, people go across. They had mercenaries in Vietnam. I mean, you've seen her America. That's your Vietnam history. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've seen Apocalypse Now, and oh, oh there you go. Platoon. I'm. I'm. You know, is it not more the fact that they wanted him to be English because a they can make a lot of English jokes. Right, right. The... Which happens quite a lot. And B, you know, as the only European person in the whole movie, he's bound to be the bad guy. Yeah, that's possible. I mean, were they doing that in 1983? I guess they were. Yeah, it's probably, I mean, it, it was a very 80s thing anyway, as it went along, the 80s. You know, you think of things like Die Hard, you know, it was always an English guy. That's 90s. Is it? It wasn't. Was it not? I think you're wrong. Oh, really? Another instance. Oh, another instance of, of Collins. This can be done. Inaccuracies. <laughs> oh, you're right. 1988. Yeah. But I was thinking of Die Hard too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Backtrack. Backtrack. <laughs> Die Hard. I'm editing this. <laughs> Don't I know it? <laughs> uh, so yeah, they they hit each other. There's that test scene, and then um, oh, and then we get the uh, catch you later. What was that? Malcolm McDowell's line, Cochrane's line, that he's always like, catch you later, with that, does the finger trigger. Oh, and it's yeah. so annoying. I mean, it's meant to be annoying. 
and it is annoying. I wonder whether that was in the script or whether he came up with that himself. It seems like a very actorly thing. You know, it seems like something that, that an actor would think of at the spur of the moment. Mm, and I don't know. Wait, you really don't want to give this film any credit whatsoever, do you? We, we'll get to my actual opinion of it at the end. Okay. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying it as I see it. Right. But one interesting fact is that Malcolm McDowell was scared of flying. I mean, terrified of flying. You couldn't get him into an aeroplane. <laughs> so in the director's commentary on this film, it says when you see his face and he's like all like tense and steely like this because he's going to throw up at any second and he's scared out of his head. Well, did the actors do a lot of actual flying? Yeah, they did a lot movie? of flying. And Roy Schneider and his partner in it actually learned how to fly helicopters because they were so excited by it and enjoyed it so much. Well, that, that kind of makes sense because he does look like he's having a real blast making it. Yeah. He does look like he's enjoyed himself yeah. immensely. That's interesting. Yeah. Cochran arranges a meeting with Murphy to test Murphy's ability to fly his helicopter. Cochrane's going to be in Blue Thunder. Murphy's going to just be in a normal police helicopter. But Cochrane has sabotaged the helicopter. He has. He has indeed. The evil guy. He's, he's, he's undone a screw. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he has. He's undone a screw, which seems to mess up the entire helicopter. It does, and screws will do that. Oh, yeah. yeah. It wasn't very tightly... if he just Because he just unscrews it with his hand, doesn't he? It wasn't very tight. Well, some screws are not meant to be tight. They're meant to just be there. The best screws are the tight ones. Well, you say that. I mean, sometimes it's about the size of the screw rather than the tight. Yeah, I can imagine that, it, you know... The length, the are, length of the shaft of the screw is what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. I was going to say that you know, where you, you there are instances where you'd probably need a, a larger hole for the shaft of the screw. Yeah. Anyway, all this <clears> helicopter <throat> talk. Very strange. Is that helicopters? Is that what we're talking? About? Oh yeah. Um, where were we? <laughs> um, I don't know. So, so the helicopter. It's all this screwing. That's all. <laughs> The helicopter crashes, mm-hmm. uh, but they survive. Yeah, yeah. With just with a, with um, well, at first it looks like a broken arm, but he quickly takes it off and he's okay. He takes it off after about three seconds of him putting it on, doesn't he? Right. Yeah. And then um, I think is that to show that how tough he is? Yeah, it's to show that he just bounces back from anything. Absolutely. Well, I mean, he's 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 you know, he's fought great white sharks, you know. So. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Then we get a scene that's really weird. Scene where they're going. I can't remember what they're going to see. Oh, they're going to ride on a train. That's right. Murphy, uh, his girlfriend, and the kid are going to go ride on a train. And the mm-hmm. girlfriend is driving, and they realize that she's gone past the turnoff for the train. So she does a U-turn on the street and drives the wrong way up a one-way street with the child in the car. Something that, that probably might prove useful later in the movie. Right, maybe. I just know I'd be the first onto social surface. <laughs> I think. I think. I think the word "dump" would probably be uh, the back of my mind. Really? Oh, <laughs> well. No, not that kind of. A dump. I was like, yeah, you, want, you suddenly need a poo. <laughs> I guess you would if you're in the car. I would. You would have that if you were that kid. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, do you want to yeah. turn around? No, it's a, it's a weird scene, but like you said, it's to set up that she is like a crazy driver and is able to handle a car. Absolutely. In a odd way, but it's a it's a, just a strange it's a strange scene. It doesn't really fit in mm. very well. So the next day, they do their first test flight of Blue Thunder. They mm-hmm. go through everything of what the helicopter is capable of, explaining how the weapons work and how importantly the surveillance tapes work. And we learn mm-hmm. that they only erase in the case. So if the tape is outside the case, it can't be erased. Which, when they're showing that, and he says, oh, they can only be erased in the case, that's cool. That's clearly added afterwards. What, like a, a piece of ADR? Yeah, yeah. somebody thought, yeah. you know, they're not going to understand that that connects with later, so let's add some dialogue here. And it's too much. They should have just left it as it was. It doesn't, it's, if you're, I was listening with headphones on and you can hear that it's louder than everything else and it just sounds added in. Yeah, yeah. That was, a, that was a, quite a common thing in the 80s, wasn't it? That they, they would throw in a lot of um, ADR lines that, that explained everything. Yes. Just here and there. 
Yeah, seems to be. So they take off in Blue Thunder. They fly off and they start the test flight. And they realize that mm-hmm. the computer can look up different people. Um, mm-hmm. Frank Murphy asks them to look his name up. Apparently there is only one Frank Murphy in Los Angeles. But it's not like it's a common name or anything, is it? No, no, it's got to be just one. <laughs> but strangely, he doesn't have a file. Mm. Yeah. I wonder why. I, don't know. I wonder why. And while they're in Blue Thunder, they see Cochrane's car down below and he's speeding away mm-hmm. somewhere, so they decide to follow him. Wait, wait, isn't that there? But before that, mm-hmm. they do something far more important, don't they? Go ahead. Which, what, what do they do that's more important? What's more important they, than they, that? Uh, zooming in on a prostitute's breasts? Oh, yes, they do. They do, to show how good the telephoto lens equipment is. Is that, is that why they do that's it? That's why they do it, yes. I can't believe that you forgot about that part. Well, you know, it's beneath me, as as those breasts were. Like you, you wish. <laughs> but uh, but, but uh, it's a common practice for all photography equipment to be tested that way. Tested on breasts. Absolutely, everyone does it. Kodak, Nikon. Is this is this what you tell them? It is. <laughs> if if one week you're not available for the podcast, um, let me know. Okay. Before, yeah. You know, right. In case you get the knock on the yeah, door. Yeah. You know. I'll, I'll keep you abreast of the situation. <laughs> oh, dear, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so that they, they, we get the, um, the first use of whisper mode as well, don't we, at this moment? We do, we do. Um, mm-hmm. Where the helicopter can go quiet, mm-hmm. sort of quiet. Which they, they then, they then um, use the special sound equipment to whis- listen to um, some sex noise. They do. They listen to someone, uh, an LAPD motorcycle cop that they know, mm-hmm. be uh, defending and protecting the community in a special way. In a very special way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that shows how good the uh, microphones are. Again. Again, is that the reason? That's the reason for the for the story beat, is it? Absolutely, and it's also again that's how you test sound equipment. <laughs> Is is this how we tested our sound equipment? It's how I tested mine. I don't know about you. <laughs> I've got nothing to say on the matter, Your Honour. Okay. <laughs> don't drag me into your sordid games. <laughs> so now is that when they go and chase Cochrane's car? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they follow the car to a building, and they follow Cochrane up through the building until they can lock in using thermal detection of a meeting yep. taking place because the building's empty because mm-hmm. it's the middle of the night because again nobody sleeps mm-hmm. and they use the tapes and record a conversation between Cochrane and some government officials and some I guess FBI agents and they're discussing a plot to use the helicopter to crush disorder and uprising and riots on the streets of LA but also that they killed Commissioner McNeely and that they're going to kill anyone else who doesn't fall into their plans. Which seems to be the worst plans ever. I've heard worse. They, they've, got this, they've got this one helicopter that they're going to use to crush all disorder in the, in the entire city. Well, the testing one, you must assume that they've got others. It's a prototype. Mm. So they're going to build more. They're not just going to build one and then go, that's it, we're done. So, so the, the plan is to kind of, uh, you know become kind of like a fascist kind of state where they're using these helicopters to control everyone is that the plan um that they will use the helicopters as a in a military role in a civilian situation right okay okay is it really worth them you know killing people just to just to get this plan moving well We'll talk. Let's let's talk about that a little later. Okay. All right. All right. Where were we up to? The end of play. Oh, and Cochrane happens to look out the window and sees the helicopter hovering there. <laughs> and they're, they're they're literally for. Now they've got this this super high tech <laughs> surveillance system. Do they really need to hover three feet away from the actual window? Couldn't they be like right over the other side of where the other building is or something and just listen to them from there if it's so good why do they have to be like almost nose touching the window yeah yeah no, that's, you know? that's your first good point <laughs> <laughs> yay I've made a hey thank you now the range I knew there was one in there somewhere the, the helicopter <laughs> yeah because they actually say don't they say they could pick up a mouse farting yeah or something like yeah. that 
yeah. yeah, yeah. On the other side of the city or something. No, no, he just says you could pick up a mouse fair thing. What he doesn't tell you is you can only do it from three feet above the mouse. <laughs> and as long as the mouse is actually looking at you at the time. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, that's a, that's a limitation of the device. Mm-hmm. Not a... Not a plot point. So, that, so then they've, they've got a tape of this uh, dodgy conversation. Yeah. And um, the new guy... What is this guy's name, by the way? Lyman Good. Ah, uh, right, okay. He he takes the tape, doesn't he? He does. And... He hides it. Stashes it. Yeah. And then goes and gets his groceries. Well, he's, he's again... A bit like Murphy, all this is going on, and they're just kind of like happily breezing through everything. Yeah, not a cur in the world, you know. It's like, oh, well, we just we just uncovered this massive conspiracy, and people are obviously going to be wanting this tape back. But you know, man's got to eat. But they even say we're going to kill Murphy. Hmm. He doesn't seem that bothered. What do you think? If you were Lyman Good, you'd be like, well, they're going to kill Murphy. They may come after me too. Maybe I won't go out and do my grocery shopping. He doesn't seem the smartest tool, though, does he? No, really? no. Um, yeah. And then he comes home, and obviously they're waiting for him, and they attack him. He does a runner, but he's caught, and then he's killed. Quite quite brutally as well. Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, yeah, they... I was quite shocked at that moment. Were you? He gets completely run down. He does. He? Oh, yeah, totally. Now, have you noticed um, that there's a little connection between Blue Thunder and our previous episode, which which we covered Night Rider. Um, terrible writing. There's two connections. <laughs> <laughs> the helicopter talks. <laughs> that would be good. That would be good. No, no, no. Um, Murphy drives a black Trans Am. Oh, okay. So, all right. That's interesting. So now for uh, whatever we choose for our next episode, we have to choose something that connects these to this one. Good Ooh, luck with that, that one. Yeah, I'll leave that I'm to sure. you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I, I like all the easy stuff. <laughs> Forget I mentioned it. Okay. So, so now, now the, um, they're going to frame Murphy for for um, this kid's death, aren't they? Yeah. Um, how they would do that, I don't know. Why would anyone think that Murphy would kill his partner? Yeah, but everyone seems to believe it. Well... The, the police are just doing what they're told to do. And we've already established that Murphy is kind of not working on all thrusters, is he? I mean, he's, you know... No, that's true, that's true. He's got his he's got his weird watch thing going on, you know, he likes to drive in and out of cones. Oh, that all leads up to being a killer right there. It's all the evidence <laughs> you need. It seems to be in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> so then Murphy breaks into um, where they're keeping... The, the helicopter. Yeah, because they need to put the fuse back in because uh, Lyman Good left him a message on his voicemail that gave him a clue to go back to Blue Thunder. Isn't this this fantastic prototype that they built, shouldn't it be guarded slightly better? Um, you would think so, but I guess they just kept it at the normal police heli base, so it's just guarded like a normal police heli base, and if he's still got police credentials, he can still get in. Mm. I mean, this was 1986, so... Wait, 83, sorry, so... They didn't have, like, security doors with thumbprints and all that stuff. They didn't have coherent plots. They, 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 didn't, they didn't have locks. <laughs> all the doors you could just walk into, no one cared. <laughs> ah, the 80s. Yeah, it's a fantastic time. Yeah, so <laughs> he puts the fuse back in and there's a message in Blue Thunder telling Murphy to uh, location of the tape. Which is in a dumpster in a driving cinema. Yeah, so then Murphy steals Blue Thunder, doesn't he, and gets his girlfriend to go find the tape. Yeah, and she uses her driving skills to evade the police uh, to get the mm-hmm. tape, and then she's going to go take it to a TV station so it can be played on the air. Now, when, when he steals Blue Thunder, Malcolm McDowell comes running out with a handgun and starts shooting at Blue Thunder. Now, he knows that this, you know, impervious to most bullets. Why is he even bothering? He's angry. Is that what it he's is? He's emotionally heightened and his anger has got the better of him and so he's taking it out on blue thunder now the bigger question should be why did no one shoot him because as far as anyone's concerned he appears to be shooting at one of the helicopters this is true isn't it no one knows why it's gone off and taken off yeah because they don't know that he's inside there they don't know that it's murphy that's inside they don't know it's been stolen how does he know it's Murphy? He doesn't see him, does he? He just oh, assumes he, well, it's Murphy. Well, he would, wouldn't he? He'd assume it's Murphy. I would. Okay. I won't, I won't, I won't be going, wait, 
It's the janitor. He stole on the helicopter. It's the janitor, everybody. There's just this mop left where the helicopter was. <laughs> it's going to be Murphy. There's no one else. Lyman Good is dead. There's no other pilot good enough because no one else flies any helicopters in this film. True. So it becomes important True. to the plot. Absolutely. So yeah. it's fine that he thinks it's Murphy. And he's right. He's not wrong, is he? All right. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> So she goes and gets the tape, doesn't she? Yeah. Which 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 she's put in a the kids put in in a dumpster. Now, how does he know that this dumpster's not going to be emptied? Uh, have you seen the state of that cinema? That dumpster's <laughs> never emptied. <laughs> the bigger question is, how does she know what it is? That is true. Because it, it yeah. doesn't look like a you know videotape. It's in that red and grey box, and it's the dumpster's full of garbage. Murphy does tell her to take it to the TV station, though. Yes. So I presume that she's assuming it's a tape of some kind. Yeah, but it doesn't look like a tape, is what I'm saying. Well, it kind of looks like an old, a, a, a massive old-style eight-track cassette. You know, the kind that they used to put in the cars in, in the seventies. Looks a bit like that, doesn't it? Maybe. These cops that chase her as well. Yeah. Comedy cops. There's. They're straight out of the Blues Brothers, aren't they? <laughs> oh yes, and they're like <laughs> so. So he, um, one of some of them get into the driving cinema, and they're going to stop her, but he dusts them using the technique we saw at the beginning of the film. It's just like a jigsaw puzzle. Ah, good, good callback. Beautiful work of art. It's, it's all fitting together. See, I was wrong. I'm completely wrong about this movie. So, and then later on, he um, machine guns one of the cop cars that then separates in two <laughs> carries on driving which is a comedy a la James Bond he's very he's very good at the fact that he doesn't kill a single person I oh, know he's a good guy mm. considering good guys that, don't do that yeah, but considering that we had the test flight of this earlier and it was shown that the, this gun was complete and utter you know it was it was decimating well, everything and everyone that 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 was around and now suddenly it, it can be pinpoint precise and didn't we cover this that's why they chose him yeah and i did i didn't buy it then and i'm not buying it now <laughs> <laughs> the evidence is in front of you <laughs> what another thing though murphy's had one night in this helicopter and he's an expert on it he, oh, you've flown one helicopter, you've flown them all. Yeah, but he's never, he's never flown in he- a helicopter with all these gadgets and widgets in there, has he? Widgets? It's got widgets, has it? Technically, isn't it? <laughs> I thought a widget was one of those that made the head form on your can of beer. <laughs> a widget is... Has it got those? Widget is Amazing. A term, it's a term for any kind of um, gadget that, that, that does something. Okay. All right. And that was we'll a, <laughs> you might you might think I'm being vague, but put me next to this movie and uh, you know. <laughs> All right. So I don't know. Maybe you read the manual. Is that what it is? It was under the seat. Yeah, as we discussed in our Night Rider episode, you just read the manual, you know everything. Ah. Uh, no, that would be interesting. Do you think that the Knight Foundation actually built Blue Hunt? <laughs> <laughs> No, because it makes sense. That's what you say. <laughs> just think they could have had a shared universe. Wow. Let, let me, let's just pause for a second and actually think about that. You like the idea? Go on, admit it. You like the idea of Blue Thunder it's... taking place in the same universe as Knight Rider. It could be no worse than the TV series that did spin off from this film. Yeah, it didn't last very long either from what I remember, did it? No, like 13 episodes, something like that. Mm. Werewolf went on forever. Oh, see? yeah, really did. So, <laughs> so then we have a chase sequence and she tries to get the tape and then people try to stop Murphy and there's some absolutely terrific you can't argue with this terrific flight sequences in this film oh absolutely yeah the, the flight sequences are really really good in this film yeah and they send out two F-16s which looks surprisingly real now this is funny because this was going to be the point where I said these are the only things that don't look real <laughs> <laughs> no I thought that they looked pretty good I mean, it's clear that the models, but... Were you wearing your glasses? I was. I was. I got some new glasses last week, so, I'm, you know, I'm... <laughs> Maybe the first of the problem. <laughs> it just, that just seems like a bad idea, calling out F-16s to try and take down a helicopter over a crowded city. Well, don't they say that these, these, these F-16s can take him out with pinpoint accuracy? 
which they do say that yeah doesn't work that way though does it no no because then uh we see a amos's barbecue what is that chicken place i know and and he's obviously using it to mask his heat signature isn't he yes with no thought whatsoever to the people that are working in there yeah he's just assuming they're going to run out right but when you cut to the inside it's all in this weird red light and it looks like some chicken frying sweatshop <laughs> I thought you had those in your country. Yeah, I've never seen them. <laughs> it looks really weird. And then it blows up and all the chickens are flying out, which I, I like that bit. Yeah. I, who, I haven't got a problem with raining barbecue. Oh, no, you'd be running around with your mouth open, just just, <laughs> just praying that Blue Thunder machine gun the brewery. <laughs> so you could just get everything all in one go. I would. You know, you've heard of storm chasing. I'd be Blue Thunder chasing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the f-16s mess up uh one of them gets shot down and the pilot mm-hmm. bails and lands safely murphy checks that the pilot lands safely because he's he a does, good guy he? and then but th- but then we have, we have the second um moment of collateral damage in this film where the second m16 f6 m16 f16 <laughs> fires its missile and just completely destroys this building. Yeah, but luckily the building was evacuated. Really? Yeah. Really? Was it as evacuated as the half of the city of, of um, in Batman v Superman? Yes. Wait, no. Where they mention at least five or they mention at least five or six times that, it, that there's no one in that particular part of the city. That's right. That's how <laughs> evacuated it was. Right. Okay. Okay. Cochrane decides to take a helicopter. I guess he gets it from the army because it's an armed helicopter mm. and goes after Murphy. And this is where we get a cat and dog chase between the two of them, and it's good. Surely he, he, he's aware of how strong the Blue Thunder helicopter is, and he gets in a regular helicopter to chase it down. Well, it's not regular. It's got high-powered machine guns, and he gets close. It's going to do some damage. It's not invincible. Blue Thunder's not like an invincible helicopter. It's just heavily armoured. You can't be too armoured, otherwise you can't take off. You're too heavy. Sorry, Mr. Aviation. I didn't realise you are an expert. <laughs> Laws of physics, my son. Laws of physics. They talk about that in the making of, that the helicopter was a, a French gazelle helicopter that, that, was, that flew really well, and then they stuck all these bits on it, and it flew like a brick. <laughs> So it was really slow, had to keep up in the air, and they had to like do like weird angles to make it look like it was really flying at high speed because it just couldn't because of all the stuff they stuck on it. I can understand. I can understand the, the problems. Can you? Being mm. a helicopter pilot? Yeah, I, I put myself in that situation every day. Yeah, well, you've been known to handle a chopper or two in your tag. Oh, heavy ones as well. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Uh, it's like, it's, uh, are we watching, uh, did we both watch Car- <laughs> Carry On Blue Thunder? Just we got Carry On Thunder, shall we? <laughs> there you go, they're bringing the, they're bringing the Carry Ons back. You could, you could sell that idea. Carry On Thunder. Yeah. Sid James as a helicopter pilot. <laughs> Kenneth Williams as Colonel Cochrane. In the McDowell, yeah, in the McDowell <laughs> role. You can see yeah, that, Colonel Cochrane, yeah. Colonel Cochrane. <laughs> Does he keep slipping? Yeah. <laughs> That'd yeah. be good. I can see it. <laughs> Where would you have um, Hattie Jakes? Oh. I mean, you can't put her in one of those helicopters, can you? Yeah. I don't know. She'd, oh, she'd be the chief. She could, that would work. Yeah, Hattie Jakes it? is the chief. And then you need... Um, his name's escaped me. Glasses. Charles Hartree. Charles Hartree would be Lyman Good, but obviously would be Lyman Wood. Lyman Wood. Yeah, good. Yeah. You do realise that if, we, if we've got any listeners that are listening to this in, in the States, they've switched off now because they haven't got a clue as to what we're talking about. Well, they just know that there's 23 carry-on films and they've got all that to look forward to. <laughs> we're going to do every single one. Okay. <laughs> At some point. <laughs> but not in order because even I would have to quit, quit before then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where were we? Carry-on Thunder. Let's okay. get back to Carry-on Thunder. Carry on so Thunder. Murphy gets wounded. He does, yes. In a, in a spectacular spray of blood. Yeah, lovely. Oh. like it. Don't you find that, that it, it's a peculiar thing in those 
because this is a weird movie because it's kind of like it feels like a 70s movie but it looks like an 80s movie can you explain like how does it feel like a 70s movie well you know the whole conspiracy conspiracy thing and and you know the people in charge are all are all you know dirty and you know the the character that of murphy is kind of and he's an anti-hero isn't he and you know the 70s was a very anti anti anti-hero time right for for characters in movies but yet the look of it it's all glossy and i mean it looks like an 80s movie okay but with the sense with the sensibilities of a 70s movie all right i get it but but don't you find in 70s movies and this is it's a very long-winded way to get around to my point but don't you find in 70s movies that the blood always looks like paint yeah yeah like you watch a sam sam peck empire film or Mm. A spaghetti western or something like that it always it's always really viscous bright red it's like it wants you to look at it yeah so how, how does this when he yeah i presume he gets shot yeah but you, we've already seen how quickly he can recover this is true yeah i mean he recovers quite quickly from from quite a nasty what looks like a nasty gunshot wound i mean there's going to be bits of metal in there and all kinds of stuff but you know he's yeah <laughs> And this shot damages Blue Thunder and stops the machine gun mm-hmm. from working correctly. He can't change the direction. It can only fire forwards. Mm-hmm. So he has to somehow maneuver Cochrane in front of Blue Thunder. And this is where we get to the 360. Uh, a loop which we probably should have mentioned earlier because the film does a better job of setting it up than we did, that Murphy is capable, or has done in the past, a full 360-degree loop in a helicopter that everyone says is aerodynamically impossible. Now, is that true? There are some helicopters that can do 360 loops, but not all helicopters can do that. Right. There are some. Because as as we find out... um... McDowell tries it. Does he try um, it? I thought he just he watches. Does try it. He, he I think he. Tr- I thought he tries it. Oh, okay. Because then he says like impossible. Mm-hmm. And, no shit. And then boom. <laughs> well, it's impossible in Blue Thunder because the helicopter's too heavy to do that. But it's not impossible in a helicopter. Mm. Just. But he's got he's got turbine um, turbine speed, doesn't he? That he turbine speed. With. That's exactly <laughs> what it's called. Turbine speed. <laughs> the buttons labeled really fast. So he does the loop and gets behind him, and he blows him up. Yeah. And then it's night, suddenly. Well, it's night by the time that he finds a railway line, because he was searching for a long time. And then get that beautiful sunset shot. And why does he destroy it? I mean, he parks the thing on a railway line, and then a train comes and, and destroys the thing, and then he walks off into the sunset. But mm-hmm. but why does he destroy it? Closure. Is that what it is? Yeah, emotional closure. I bet, I bet the... <laughs> The people in charge were like, oh, well, that's just screwed us for if we wanted to do another one. Yeah, it's like, well, we could have just taken the guns off it. There was no need to land it in front of a train. Again, though, Murphy's demonstrating a severe lack of, you know, regard for anyone else. I mean, that could have derailed the train, but then I suppose he's destroyed a building, he's blown up a barbecue chicken factory. You know, he he doesn't give a shit, you know, (laughs) at this point. The building was probably a financial center of corruption the barbecue <laughs> chicken place is full of cholesterol he's a good man he's just doing good, good things he's looking out for the community yes <laughs> and that railroad should never have been built there is that what it is yeah is that what he's is that is that is the point that he's trying to make that's the that's the point the film's making okay all right yeah so he lands the plane destroys it walks off and that's where it ends except for a little piece about what's happened to all the people being arrested as the mm-hmm. conspiracy plays out on the videotape over the news I, I didn't see that I switched it off before that part. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought the, I thought the movie was over I switched it off no they do, they do the news broadcast talking about the people being arrested under indictment and investigation do they really? yeah do you know how many times I've seen this movie and I've never actually watched that? Okay. <laughs> and yet you stick around for the Marvel bits. Ooh, that reminds me. This movie is structured like a modern Marvel movie. Great, explain. It's got a lot of nonsense in it. Characters that are very um, basically defined. And then you get a third act, which is just... I mean, the, the end of this movie is just about 30 minutes of, of helicopters flying around, shooting each other, buildings blowing up. 
chicken flying everywhere. It's the end of a Marvel movie or any kind of any kind of um, comic book movie from today. Where it differs from a Marvel movie is that it has characters you care about, <laughs> great dialogue, and the third act is totally practical effects of people flying helicopters and great stunts, not CGI. But it's still the same idea. And it's one film, not 13 films or whatever we're up to now, of the same formula. <laughs> to go back to what you said about great dialogue. Yeah. Bowl, bowl, bowl of uh, piss Jack Daniels. It's a bowl. A bowl that pisses Jack Daniels. A, a what? A bowl, you know, a cow. A bowl? A male cow. A bowl? Yes, oh, a bowl. Not a bowl. No, not a bowl. That's what I always used to think it was until I put subtitles up this time. Ah, uh, I thought you said, before I thought you said bowl. No, a bowl. A, a bowl, as in a bowl with yeah. big horns. If anyone's and, listening uh, to this, they're screaming at you, bowl. Or they're screaming at me, or they're screaming at me, Pronounce it properly. One of the two. <laughs> it's fi- it's fine. I, I open my mouth and my wife shows bull at me. So. <laughs> <laughs> Is she playing darts? <laughs> Boom tish. So that's it for Blue Thunder. Except, what do you think? It's very enjoyable. I liked it. I've always liked this movie, even though I probably sound like I don't. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, <laughs> This is a film, I, c- um, I can watch this film once every year, no problem. Yeah, yeah, I would say that I'd probably watch this once every year as well. It's, um, it's, it's fine, it's, it's, it's good fun. Um, I, I, I'm kind of like, I, I'm kind of a fan of, of John Badham anyway. Oh, wait. You know, he, uh, he directs are? a lot of TV now. Yeah, Sorry? yeah, he directed a couple of episodes of Arrow. That's right. But yeah, uh, was... you are a fan of John Badham. Mm-hmm. Or Funky mm-hmm. Park, as we like to call it. <laughs> um, including war games yeah 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 war games is fine i always thought you hated war games i don't know i didn't i don't hate it. it it's kind of it's got its moments i'm not as big a fan of it as you are but okay. it's got its moments all right dracula oh which dracula the uh flank length flank <laughs> <laughs> the flank the flank flangella the flank flangella one what <laughs> That's my favourite one. I like that one. <laughs> there's that one. Okay. And um, there's also um, many others. Saturday Night Fever. Saturday Night Fever. Yes, exactly. Yeah, he's a, he's a director. I've always um, short and circuit. The terrible, short circuit and the terrible um, Exorcist sequel. Oh, we did. Mm. Was that him? No, it wasn't no, him. Was that's it? not him. <laughs> well, I like that as well. Just yeah. just any film that you don't like. Just, you know, give him the director. <laughs> no, he's, I think he's a good director. Stake out. He, he had a good run in the 80s because he did Blue Thunder, War Games, American Flyers, I don't know, Short Circuit, Stake Out, Bird on a Wire, The mm. Hard Way, Point of No Return. Actually, there's a few of those I wouldn't mind re-watching. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen them since they came out. Who knows? Maybe we'll, we'll meet John Badham again yeah maybe i i really like this film Mm -hmm. i always have i admit it's a stupid film i mean Mm. there are some really points in it that make no sense why would they give him this job that's just ridiculous but it is thoroughly entertaining i love the flight sequences in it especially as it's practical effects not so much cgi so i I, yeah this is a good film and on a better back then hit list or forgotten i'd put it on the hit list yeah i think so would i yeah. Begrudgingly, um, though, in your case, right? I mean, it's got problems, but in terms of, of, of sheer, you know, just enjoyment, yeah, I haven't got a problem with that. Yeah, it's fine. Very good. Anything else to talk about Blue Thunder? Not really. That's why it'd be interesting to hear what any of our listeners might think about Blue Thunder, whether they think we're completely wrong. Well, that wraps it up for Blue Thunder. Mm-hmm, indeed. Thank you for listening. My name's Colin. I'm sorry, I thought you were thanking me then for listening to you. <laughs> I can uh, thank you. Thanks, Paul, for listening. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and I'm Paul. <laughs> and join us on our next episode of Retrospection when we climb behind the wheel of the car from 1977. Bye. So long, folks. So long.
point of scented toilet paper. <laughs> Can we stop for a second while I go for a piss?